0: Tune your ear to wisdom and cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Project Philippians, a deep dive into one of the richest treasure mines in scripture. I'm delighted to have you join me today for another excavation into an amazing 2,000-year-old book. Hey, my friend, welcome back. It is so great to be able to study this book with you, and uh, I'm excited about what we have to look at today, so let's just start off with some prayer. Lord God, we're so grateful that you've given us this book, given us this opportunity to study it together. Father, you, you are watching and you're smiling as we are peering into your great treasure chest. And you know that there's some treasures in here that we are just going to be blown away by. And I just pray that you would open my eyes and open the eyes of the one who's listening to me right now. That we might see the beauty in your word for your glory and our eternal good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Philippians chapter one, verse four. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Just a simple little verse, isn't it? An Easy memory verse for you. If you hold it up side by side with the one we studied last time, verse three, they they sound a little bit the same, don't they, a little uh, repetitive. Let's read verse three again. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. So there seems to be some repetition here. It sounds almost as if Paul's just saying the same thing in verse four just in using slightly different words. So why why bother repeating himself like this? Well, you know, the, one of the first keys in deep Bible study is that no verse is ever wasted. No word in Scripture is ever wasted. They're all there for a reason. And a second key for deep Bible study is to understand what's important. You need to look for the clues, and the author always leaves clues pointing to the things that are most important for us to understand. For example, one of the clues to determine what's important is to look for repetition when the, when the author repeats himself. And another clue for finding what's important is repetition when the author repeats himself. <laughs> and the point is that um, Paul is repeating himself for a reason. And in fact, the repetition occurs in a different level, too, and because in verse 4, Paul mentions a couple of things several times. He uses a couple word families, and he repeats himself. Let's see if you can find it as I read it again. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. So the first repetition that you'll notice is the word prayer. He uses it twice, so that's obviously a key here. There's actually several words for prayer in the New Testament, several different Greek words that are all translated prayer. The most common word is prosukomai. It's used like 130 times in the New Testament. And it's the, it's the word that just means prayer. Whenever uh, you're generally talking about praying to God, that's the word that's most often used. Paul uses a different word in this verse it's the word deasis. And it's only used about 38 times, so less than, what, a third of uh, the other one. It's not as common. Does it mean exactly the same? Well, in fact, he actually uses both of those Greek words in Philippians in chapter 4, verse 6. You know, that's a famous verse where he says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and petition. It's those two words, prayer and petition. So it seems to be drawing a little bit of a distinction between these words. So what is this word deasis, petition, is how it's translated in some Bibles? Well, if you look through the use of this word throughout the Old and New Testament, you'll see that it most often means asking someone in authority for something that you really need. It's often translated as beg or implore or entreat. It's the word that Esther was used to describe when Esther went to her husband, the king, to ask for the deliverance of the Jews. It's the word um, that's used to describe Jacob when he was wrestling with the angel and pleading for a blessing. It's a word of, of heartfelt pleading for something or someone. And it can, it's not always used for uh, praying for other people, but it quite often is, especially by Paul. It's, he uses it when he's describing, uh, we call prayer for other people as intercession. And so when he's interceding for someone, he often uses this word. And we know that he's interceding in this verse because he says, in all my prayers for all of you, right? So he's interceding for them. And interesting that in verse 19, we learn that they were interceding for him as well. In verse 19, he says, For I know that through your prayers and the help given to me by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. So they're praying for him. He's praying for them. And it's just this beautiful communion of, of interceding for each other, imploring God on the behalf of somebody else. And that describes a beautiful thing about Paul. One of the things I love about this book, and this verse in particular, is it gives us a little bit of a glimpse into the prayer life of this amazing man of God. I don't know how many people you've known who had amazing prayer life. Have you ever had somebody who sat with you and taught you to pray? Maybe some older Christian who sat down and just prayed with you and just taught you how to pray. David Needham was a professor of mine in Bible College, and his prayers just shaped so much of my relationship to God. Just listening to him pray was like stepping into the Holy of Holies sometimes and just being overwhelmed with just the beauty of, because he he saw God in a way that I didn't see him, and, and he spoke to him in a way that I, I didn't know, and, and it just opened my eyes to just the beauty of what, of what prayer can be. And, and so we get a little bit of taste of that. We're stepping into Paul's prayer closet here, as it were, and we're getting to listen as he prays for people. And he, he does this often. If you look at his other books, you'll notice that he, he says some of the same things to all the different churches, how he prays for them. It was just a, a common theme in his life that he interceded for other people. But there's another word in this verse that's repeated several times. It's a small word. Perhaps you didn't notice it the first time, but it's, it's really interesting. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. That word all is repeated. And and in fact, that word all, is. uh, this isn't the first time we've seen it. He had it back in verse 1. He said, to all the saints. And we're going to see it a few more times in verses to come. This is a theme of his book that he is speaking to all the Philippians. And he's praying for all the Philippians. And I want to just take this word because he repeats it three times in this verse. And I want to look at each one of those phrases one at a time and just kind of figure out what what it tells us about Paul's prayer life. So let's look at the first one. In all my prayers. He could have just said, when I pray for you, yada, yada. But he says, in all my prayers. What does that tell you? If I were to talk to you about all my prayers, I it might be just sarcastic, yeah, and all, and all the times I pray, you know, but for Paul, this is a genuine revelation that he prays often. That he that it's not just once in a while that he prays for them, but all my prayers, that there's a an abundance of prayers. There's a huge collection of prayers that are constantly going up from Paul to heaven. On behalf of the Philippians in all of my prayers. And the question that comes to my mind when I read this is, how, how many prayers am I sending to heaven? How often, how frequently do I pray? Someone once asked, I don't remember who it was, they said, if God decided today to just say a huge miraculous yes to all the prayers you have prayed in the last six months— How different would the world be? How many lives would be radically changed if God just said yes to all the prayers you prayed in the last six months? That was a convicting question to me because it's like, how much do I really pour out my heart to God for others? How much do I implore the Lord for his grace and his mercy and his blessing on other people? Clearly, that was a regular habit in Paul's life in all of his prayers. Now let's look at the second phrase, for all of you. What does that tell us? And all of his prayers for them, for not just for them, not just for the Philippians, but for all of them. Here's this pastor speaking to a church that we're going to learn that have some divisive disunity in them, and yet he prays for all of them. I have a feeling that he prayed for them all by name. He lifted them all up because they were all precious to him. He loved them all. And so the question that comes from this word to me is how wide are my prayers? I, I can tell you that I, I pray a lot. I, it's kind of a habit of mine, really. I, I, I do. I pray frequently, but I'll be honest with you. I confess that most of my prayers are selfish prayers. They're praying about me. They're praying about my needs, my concerns, my issues. But Paul, when I look at him, there on his knees and I listen into his prayers, he's praying for people. He's praying for all his churches and all of his friends and all the people that he's led to the Lord and all the people in his life that God has allowed him to encounter. He is praying for all of them. And so I, I just am challenged by that to carve out the time to pray for other people, to join in with this intercessory prayer, to be a warrior of prayer on behalf of other people. Now let's look at that last phrase. I always pray with joy. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. In our last session, we learned that joy, the Greek word for joy, derives from the same word as thanksgiving. It's so he's kind of, again, he's repeating himself from what he said last time, that he thanks him God every time he remembers them. And he's joyful in his prayers. He's thanking God. He's, he's delighting in his prayer. And so the question that comes from this word to me is this, how joyful are your prayers? I look at myself and I ask, how much do I really enjoy praying for others? You know that I really believe if our prayers feel like like duty, like just a responsibility that we have to discipline ourselves to do, and they're just a duty, I think that we just haven't sat in the Lord's lap long enough. We haven't heard his heartbeat. We haven't seen what makes him cry, what makes him smile. We haven't entered into his joy. And I believe that when we do, that's when the joy comes. A friend of mine told me the other day, he said, pray when you feel like it, pray when you don't feel like it, pray until you feel like it. And that's that's the picture of somebody who is just so earnest, in their desire to be a warrior of prayer, an intercessory warrior, that they just pray and pray until God's heart floods theirs and they feel the joy of God coursing through their veins as they pray for other people. Uh, there's a church in Portland called uh, Bridge City, uh, and the pastor there is Tyler Stanton. He, he tells a story of when he was in high school. He was challenged to uh, start praying for his uh, classmates. And so he made up his mind that the summer before his senior year, he would walk around the school, do a prayer walk around the school, kind of Joshua and Jericho style. And he took his yearbook with him and he prayed for everybody in his yearbook by name as he walked around the school every day for the summer before his school year. And that year, he reports that God did amazing things. And I don't remember, it was like a third or a half of the students came to the Lord that year. Just an enormous number of people became Christians that year because he had been interceding for them all summer long. And I just think, what a privilege that we get to send prayers into heaven on behalf of other people, and they... It releases power into other people's lives as we're praying for them. That When we get a picture of that, that's what brings the joy. When we see what our prayers are doing for other people, even if we don't see them with our own eyes, but just in faith we know that God is listening and God is working in other people's lives because of our prayers. What an incredible privilege. I mean, we can be praying for people in an entirely different continent. I remember we, I went to Urbana which was a Christian conference for college students uh, for missions uh, years ago. I went there and afterwards we came home, my friends and I, we were in college and, and we were so invigorated by the by missions and by prayer that we just started meeting together once a week. And uh, we would pray through this, there's this book called Operation World that would just, it just gave a description on each page of a different unreached people group and, and it described their geography and culture and their situations. And we would just pray for them. And we would just, if we felt like we were sending ballistic intercontinental missiles uh, of prayer through the atmosphere up to heaven and down into these other continents of these countries. And it was just so exciting to feel like God was using us to build his kingdom throughout the world. That's the joy that Paul felt. That's the joy that you can feel when you enter into intercessory prayer for other people. So I just want to ask the question again, maybe just a little differently this time. If God told you today that he was going to grant a huge, miraculous yes to all the prayers you prayed over the next six months, how different would your prayer life be? How excited would you be to be praying for people, praying blessings over people, praying God's presence into people's lives and victory and and release from bondage and release from addictions and just the joyful privilege of entering into heaven's gates and seeking God's blessing on other people. That's the picture that I have of Paul. And that's the picture that I want to emulate in my own life. And I encourage you that you would emulate it in yours as well. Let's give it a try right now. Holy God, wow, what an incredible privilege. We can talk to the creator of the universe and we can ask on behalf of our friends and our family and our neighbors and our workmates and classmates. And Lord God, we can talk to you and ask you to bless them. And you will listen and you will bless. What a privilege. Lord God, increase the frequencies of our prayer. Increase the width of our prayer. And Lord God, increase the joy in our prayer. Help us to emulate Paul as we climb on our knees and seek your power and your grace and your blessing on the people that you've placed in our lives. We're grateful for the privilege. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. It's been an honor to have you spend this time with me, but don't let it end here. May the words of God continue to resonate in your heart. Transform your life until the day you meet our glorious King and Savior face to face.